Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing, the podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Ho! Woo! I like that. You really look, I feel like you're yeah, talking to me. I'm looking at the camera now. <laughs> I'm doing the camera. I'm looking right at the camera when I do stuff now. I think it's my streamer skills, my it streamer is. instincts it are is. really evolving. Yeah. Friendly reminder for everyone, too. This is a unique recording every time the opening. This is not a, uh, you know, this isn't just a audio thing we throw in there. Um, you get a fresh one every time. Sure. Not every not every podcast does that. Not every... GameScoop certainly doesn't. Actually, they do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Lucas, before we get into any game stuff, there's some crazy news today that came out that I want. to... Did more to, people get laid off? Uh, I mean... I'm actually probably, probably. pretty sure. I don't yeah. remember. <laughs> I think exact. there was a layoff like Dude, since I, the last recording. It's like embrace, twice a week at this point. Embrace wait, not embracer. Uh I, I did see some other layoffs. Uh I don't remember when. Um there was a Deuce Douse Deuce X Deus X <laughs> game that got um cancelled recently after being in development for two years. So I guess that oh. is some news, but, uh, and that was from the Embracer group who we actually, I forget which episode, but we did bring them up recently, but they own like every video game company basically. Oh, uh, we did. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Um, but I was browsing Twitter, also known as X today, as I normally do to disassociate from my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a crazy um, tweet from the man himself, Musk. They have oh, installed yeah. <laughs> the first, like, I guess, prototype of Neuralink onto someone officially insane insane it is um and i know what everyone's thinking with this i i i think depending on the direction this technology goes it's very problematic and i i've already publicly stated on this podcast i'm pretty sure i'm officially out on elon as like a personality at the very least or like a welcome is but I will say, remove Elon Musk, remove like any of your dystopian fears. The ways this technology can be used is very cool, particularly for the medical things. Um, in the sense, for example, like I, I was curious, I peeked at the website. They were talking about how they're mainly looking for people that are interested in this, that have some sort of physical um, disability to where they maybe can't use their motor functions all the way how they would like to maybe they can't browse the internet in the way that they'd like to and the first like real test for this newer link is just being able to kind of like as i understood it browse like a web page you know just like use your mouse by just basically telling it what to do you know rather than actually physically moving a mouse and where i was thinking like man that would be so sick because imagine if you create a newer link to where you know an amputee can just move their arm by thinking it, you know, that's like the science fiction we've always thought of, but that's not totally impossible. And it's, I think at, at that level too, it's probable or not probable, but it's realistic that you could get it to a point where it's just picking up on like, um, you know, your nervous system from your brain, the actions or whatever electrical signals are sent out the same way it would when you're moving your right arm or your leg or whatever. So it's not right. something you're thinking about. It's just something you're doing. Um, that's obviously very far off technology, but you know, I think for, in that respect, it's actually very exciting and I'm yeah, very, yeah. I would it's feel like, like it'd be more applied for that than any like augmented reality bullshit, to be honest. Um, it probably will be more applied to the augmented reality bullshit realm more so than the other thing. But I think the other thing is really uh, important. Maybe I'm too optimistic, but here's, here's my, my take on it is like, it's kind of like anything like, you know, there's been so many technological like leaps forward in the last mm-hmm. few years, like AI, for instance, or even this now. It's like the thing that it can be used for for the good is so sick. Like yeah. AI, like we can use AI to decode the human genome and solve the mysteries of physics throughout the universe. Right. Or we could use it to build and generate images and take work away from creatives and artists in the world. Right. Um so obviously I'm for the other thing, like the good thing, yeah. right? The advancements in like good stuff that is good for human beings. And then Neuralink, it's, it, I don't know, it feels like the same kind of risk reward situation going on where I'm feeling like, okay, hell yeah, Matt, I'm all for what you just said, you know, like mm-hmm, giving mm-hmm. people the ability to do more people that have disadvantages, people that are disabled, just being able to like give them another tool or another ability, like in the future where it's like affordable and doable, feasible. But then man, Nerve gear, bro. Like, I know. The, the, the dark I know. side, the dark side is we're all just in the matrix pretty soon. Yeah. Honestly, though, I'm just going to say it. 
If I'm in the Matrix, I'm taking the blue pill every day. <laughs> you won't even know you're. You'll never be able to know if you're in the. And Matrix. that's the beauty we're, of. We're it. there. We're head there. We're yeah. heading there for sure. You know. Wait, which one's the blue pill? Just go back. You don't know what happened. Just go back in there. Oh, dude. Because there's I'm that red, one line I think, with baby. the with the ginger guy where he's like, you know, Could I know the steak ain't real. Yeah. Taste real. Yeah. Hey, and that like, guy. I hate that guy. Hey, man. If the you give me, a, if I ignorance is bliss, baby. You give me a clean <laughs> slate. Make me a professional soccer player or something. I'm I'm game with that. Yeah. That's that's what he wanted. He wanted to be rich. Yeah. In the Matrix when he got sent back. Not a yeah, bad he life. Betrayed, he betrayed his friends though, Matt. That part does suck. Yeah. But also, his friends weren't being very nice, if I remember correctly. I don't know. I watched Matrix like a year ago for the first time. So. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, speaking of futuristic afterlife oh, scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I'll, that was I'll allow that. Yeah. All right. All right. Kick us off. Um, today, everyone, we are talking about the number one greatest speedrunning simulator of all time, Neon White. Neon White. That is right. Ooh. Eight out of ten from IGN. Nine out of ten from GameSpot. Eight mm. and a half out of ten from Destructoid. A whopping eighty-nine out of hundred on Metacritic. The first-person action puzzle speedrunning game developed by Angel Matrix and published by our favorite, our favorite Matt Annapurna mm-hmm. Interactive, mm-hmm. publishing this one. The A twenty-four of video games, I'd say. Yes, yes, I agree. I yeah. absolutely agree with that. Um, man, should we just jump into initial thoughts? Yes, but real quick, as a reminder, everyone, um, yeah, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more from us, maybe chat with myself and Lucas, maybe tell me about how I'm wrong about New Relink and we're all heading towards the Matrix, hashtag take the red pill, <laughs> not the MAGA red pill, but the Matrix red pill. Got to always clarify that these days. There's a very different <laughs> The red pill has been going. co-opted yeah. is the problem. Yeah. Um, you can find our Discord in the link tree and any of our social media handles at TFE Podcasts, that is at TFE Podcasts with an S at the end. As well, you can find our website, thanksforplaying.live, where you'll find a link to our um, any of our social media handles, our YouTube, the Discord, and of course, all the written content we've been putting out. Um, on that note, on the YouTube, we are releasing videos on more or less a weekly cadence now. We just recently released a video on uh, the finals, how kind of that, that kind of has really reinvigorated the FPS genre. Uh, great video. Go check it out. Um, also, we got shoot us an email. Thanks for playing pod at gmail.com. Uh, I can I'll gladly send you a selfie back with a <laughs> uh, personal invite link to the Discord. So, coming out, it's a good time. You're to myself, Lucas, Hot Mickey, Chambers of Milkman, Hylet, Orion, the whole crew. And it's a party in there. It um, is every day. All right. So, real quick, just going to give a brief explanation of the game. Surprisingly, in obtuse storyline but yeah go for it yeah the game is set in heaven where the player takes on the role of white an amnesiac assassin from hell who has been temporarily summoned to heaven in this celestial realm white and other neons basically demon slayers are competing for a chance to live in heaven permanently not really permanently only a year they must eliminate demons that have invaded heaven and the fastest and most efficient slayer will win the coveted prize though as White gets back some of his memories, the player discovers there's much more to this heaven that meets the eye. And the journey to uncover the secrets of heaven and the competition, as well as White's past with his crew, begin to unravel. All right. Hell yeah. We can go into the crazy details later in the yeah. uh, in the section. But um, yeah, good synopsis. Uh, initial thoughts, Matt. I'm going to dive in. Okay. Dive in, baby. This game was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. This game mm-hmm. was really cool. Uh, had some of the best level design I've seen in years. Uh, had a really cool style. Um, I had a, a, I had a, some issues with some of those dialogue trees, or not trees, but just the dialogue stuff that's in the game. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, and man, just the overall like art style, the way that the levels change over time. Each mission kind of has its own vibe. Um, the way like you learn new abilities and you like implement them and get tested on them and dude like the final run of like ten- the final mission and then the, like the this two last final missions are bananas like some mm-hmm. of the sickest missions some of the coolest levels I've I've seen ever are in the final like hour of the game I was blown away the game ends on some really really great high notes awesome just super super great yes yeah um 
felt pretty similarly. I'm actually pretty blown away. I think you said IGN gave this an 8 out of 10. Yeah. IGN Fools. continues to... Um, you know, I was hanging on by a thread to IGN because they gave Spider-Man an 8 out of 10, which I thought was actually incredibly accurate of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they went and gave Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2 a <laughs> 6 out of 10, which just... You really got continued. it out for that guy. He's just like wrong it's not even uh, ah. <laughs> um yeah neon white though i think this game is really fun and i'm really excited to talk about it i think it does a lot of things extremely well and i think the things that it doesn't maybe do as well i actually don't think it detracts from the game at all i just think it mm-hmm. makes you want to play the fun parts even more which isn't necessarily a bad thing because you're trying to get through this game as fast as you can baby it's essentially mm-hmm. a speedrunning game um i want to say off the bat too and i noticed this right away you know, I, I think especially with games we play for the podcast, um, and Lucas, you know this about me too. I'm not like really a completionist gamer. Like I like to just get my experience and then kind of move on to the next thing. Story guy. Story guy, typically. Um, this game, I had never, I can't remember the last time I played a game where I continuously wanted to go back and beat my score and like do better. Um, the game has an incredible system to where it like ranks you against your players. I was actually kind of pissed yesterday because yeah, I think you were playing a lot of the levels after me. Yeah. So you had the chance to go and beat my score. And I was like, I don't have time to go back and beat all these. Yeah, yeah. But you can like see how your peers did relative to you on a certain level. Um, there's like platinum stuff on each level, like platinum, bronze, silver times. It's just, it's also well done. I have not found myself wanting to go back and just play levels over and over to just improve my score, even though there was no progression reason to. Um, so hats off to that game for this. Um, and I'm excited just to kind of dive more into it. And, you know, I mean, this is an incredible game. Um, I do want to shout out the developer. Uh, actually, I... Ben Esposito or Angel Matrix? I believe the official name of the developer is Angel Matrix. Mm-hmm. But the like right. was the director the head ben The head designer is Ben Esposito. Mm-hmm. Um, Donut County. He did that game. Um, which is interesting because this is so different from mm-hmm. from Donut County, but that's definitely his other big claim to fame. Um, came out several years ago, and um, the interesting thing was he created Neon White in 2017 as a distraction from Donut County. Um, so this game was actually kind of like just had an initial prototype a long time ago, you know, more than six, seven years ago, basically, and um, turned out to be just one of the best games that's come out. Um, like, honestly, kind of an instant classic right after it came out. Yeah. I had never heard of Donut County. That's interesting. It's a Milkman game for sure. Oh, Milkman. Yeah. Oh, there's raccoons. I love raccoons. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty interesting game. It's definitely different from, from Neon White. But Ben Esposito is, is kind of a respected designer in the space for sure. He's definitely mm-hmm. not just up and coming. I, I would say he's pretty well respected at this point. Love it. Yeah. yeah um I want to mention too as well, and I noticed this kind of immediately when I started playing the game. I had been, I think I mentioned this on podcasts already too, but I, I had been pretty, I think, AAA fatigued pretty excessively to a certain point. Because um, I mean, just looking at what we last played for the podcast, I mean, we did Alan Wake, which was a pretty girthy undertaking yeah, in Spider-Man, its own right. Spider Man. Um, so it was a lot of like just AAAs back to back, which are great. You know, we like AAAs. They're triple a for a reason right but mm-hmm. at a certain point a lot of them kind of i think start to feel the same a little bit yeah um and you know i i think just like playing this game kind of brought me back to like the core of like what a good game can be and maybe just needs or not needs to be but what a good game can't be sometimes and like how it doesn't need all this extra production value to be like something you know incredible right um some of my favorite gaming memories are just like some of the small indie like story-driven games i had played like during my college years when the only like thing i had to play games on was my very not good like intel laptop you know mm-hmm. um and that kind of brought me back to that feeling of just like ah just like it's, it's just a, game. A, a gamer's game yeah very much the way i would describe hades i don't know if would, hades yeah. falls into the indie category i'm totally feel that go yeah. check out our article on that actually if you want to um debate that i think that's live now on the explain live mm-hmm. but um, this game evoked the very similar like emotions from me that Hades did to where I was just like, oh, this is just a fucking good, fun experience. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I would say it clicked for me pretty much instantly. Um, like right when I picked up 
neon white. You know, this this game had kind of been in the zeitgeist the last couple of years. Uh, Dunky made a video on it that's really funny, and he really likes the game. You know, and it's just kind of been one of these games that's just been. That's how I heard about the popular. game. Actually, was that video from Dunky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I, I mean, I knew I had a really, really strong feeling that I would really enjoy the game. And just when I started getting into it and got through like the first mission and then the second mission, and then like it just, it's one of those things where it just keeps getting better and better the more you play. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just for me, pure great level design. Like that's what I really appreciate in a good game, kind of like Hades does as well, where, you know, when you're playing it, you're like everything here feels balanced doable attainable it feels good when i get better at the game it feels like you can learn about the game as you play it and it feels like your skills and you know tactile abilities get better as you play the it game. makes you so, feel sick yeah it makes yeah. you feel so sick yeah I, it, it kept bringing me back yeah. a lot to um an interview we did actually with fiction um a super smash brothers player where his game and to be, i haven't played it that much but his game was all about kinetic like, Kinetic, break all limits. Kinetic, thank you. Break all limits. Check that out. Um, check out the interview. It was really awesome. Um, was all about like, you know, tapping into that feeling of like giving you a lot of freedom within a game to like express yourself through movement and everything like that. And um, I felt that a bit when I played his game, and then I really felt that here as well with, um, you know, Neon White because this is known. I'm not very. I'm not good at games. I can. I'm fine admitting that. Like. In a competitive sense, I'm actually okay at the finals, but um, <laughs> generally speaking, I'm not known for my skill at video games, and I'm okay with that. I felt so badass playing Neon White, and like, yeah. ugh, it's, just, it's such yeah. a satisfying feeling completing the levels. Um, when you like are just going switching between your your soul cards, which we'll get into what those are, but it makes the player feel powerful and just really cool, really sick. Yeah, to to use fiction's word. Um, what I really appreciate about it too is it's sort of a classic game formula. It's just like get through a level. There's a timer. Get a be- get the best time possible. Get like a medal. Like games have been doing that for for generations, right? But what Neon White does that's so clever is something that Hades also does in its own genre. Is like Hades solved the roguelike genre by continuously allowing you to improve each each run to where the beating of the game is inevitable, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like Neon White did this exact same thing, where you're given shortcuts, you're given clues, there's additional content inside of the game. There's sort of like a game on top of the game where you can find additional like gifts inside of each level that you can unlock as you play the level more. Um, and there's kind of always multiple ways to tackle every level. So I think... Most gamers reasonably should be able to get a gold medal on most of the levels. And then there's mm-hmm. a platinum me- medal, which is if you're sick, you can get the platinum medals. But, I don't, I, you know, I would occasionally go for some of those. But yeah. I think the game solves a problem, which is it, it's having the best of both worlds. Like it's having its cake and it's eating it, too, where you're able to be sick. It's not it. it you get good. The game teaches you how to be really good at it in a really smart way. And you're still getting that like time trial kind of sweaty vibe from the mm-hmm. game. But man, I, I just, it, it hits both levels somehow. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, spend a little bit of time story talking about world. the story here in the world. And then we can um, jump back into the meat of it all uh, with the game design and the art and everything else. Um, so, you know, we, we gave the brief synopsis of uh, the story here when we started the um discussing this but you know it's a very simple story would you agree yeah i think it gets kind of crazy like it's it, a little it goes, crazy at it the goes end. far beyond what i thought yeah. it was gonna go where it was gonna go but yeah pretty simple um so we're gonna enter a bit in a spoiler territory here where as we had mentioned you know the neon white your main character he wakes up in heaven and basically he's an amnesiac um and can't remember has, what he was. Can't remember what life. he was. What he did in his other life. All he knows is he's here. He kind of recognizes these other neons that are there, and now he has to slay the demons of heaven, basically, to have a chance to stay in heaven for at least another year. Um, and the game kind of unveils. He learned a lot about his past with his crew, how he ended up um, dying, essentially, and why, like, where the other characters within the story who are also members of his crew. 
um, where the conflict with them arises and what their overall goal is, which is essentially one of their goals is essentially to like destroy heaven basically mm-hmm. or take it over. Um, that being neon green. Um, I didn't find myself once I got the reveal from the cat, uh, Mikey, which I got to say, I like Mikey. I loved how they depicted the angels in the game where it was just like, everyone kind of saw it differently. I think it was neon yellow. I was like, why is John Cena here? Like (laughs) there was just some really like silly humor in this game that sometimes worked. Sometimes it didn't, but that one got me. Um, How's I going on about? But once I got past the big reveal of like, Oh, the believers are not like the true people of heaven. God has been locked out. And then we're also trying to like stop our neon green from ending heaven and also get God, the real God back into heaven. Um, once that reveal kind of cut out, I wasn't as interested in the game anymore. And I wasn't that invested or let me rephrase that. I was not that interested in the story as much anymore. Once the final reveal came out um, and I was just wanting to play the game, but I don't think the story detracts from it necessarily. Like I mentioned earlier, I think the game just having you pushing you to focus on the gameplay is not like a bad thing per se in this. Cause the gameplay is so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked all the characters for the most part. Some of them have some kind of bad dialogue, but I liked how they all looked. Um, you know, they're all kind of like anime inspired essentially. Um, and everyone kind of has like a unique trait, you know, like neon yellow is the happy go lucky guy. And I really enjoyed him before he got um, spoilers Killed. oft um, or whatever the equivalent of killing. And I mean, that's all kind of murky actually still. Um, what happens when you get killed in heaven? But <laughs> I know um, <laughs> where did he go? Neon white, which is kind of like I thought was, he was kind of like symbolic of remorse. Then there's neon red, who is kind of like all about forgiveness because she forgives white. Then there's neon purple, who is violet. like this violet. Uh, thank you. Who's like this kind of like insecure girl who wants to just like get approval. And then there's a green who I decided to recommend or uh, represents lust. Mm. Okay. Lust for power. Yeah. Okay. Wow. You, I was trying to assign. Quite a bit deeper than, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to see if I could assign like sins to them, like the seven sins. And then I realized there wasn't seven of them. Um, so I stopped that pursuit and I just yeah. went this way. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought they were all pretty caricature You know, I thought they were all kind of like tropey um, yeah. to me. I, I, you know, I, I, I won't say that the dialogue was not entertaining. I thought some the dialogue was fairly entertaining, mm-hmm. but. I think you know just for those it's like that campy is that is that fair to yeah, say? Yeah, it's 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 campy, but it's it's kind of in this weird zone where it's hard to tell if it's accidentally bad or actually bad. It's like um, the Digimon movie, it, bad great. on purpose <laughs> or not bad on purpose? Yeah, so it's in a weird zone, I think. And um, yeah, I, I think the voice acting talent that's there is really great. I think everyone performs really well. Um, and then the other, yeah, Steve my, Blum. Yeah, Steve Blum, goat, like serious goat status. So. I'm very impressed they got him for that game. Yeah. yeah. Must have been Anna Perner's money. He did great. He did great. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the annoying thing is that you're going through a mission and you're playing through levels. And the worst thing that happens is that like two times per mission, there's just a random bit of dialogue that isn't really developing anything, doesn't really have anything to do with the story. It's yeah. kind of just pushing yeah. the plot point you already are on a little bit forward. Um, and I thought that interrupted the flow of the game quite a bit. And I often, I, I really often did skip through a lot of that stuff. Um, that the only said, interactions that really matter come at like the last 15% of the game. Right, right. And then like at the end of every mission, I would catch up a little bit with with what where the story was actually going. That's like the beginning or the start of a mission. And then anything inside of the, like when you got your golden ticket to go to the next mission, anything inside that center was just kind of like, trying to be funny and like to me was not very funny. yeah i I thought those were gonna be like an actual gameplay mechanic like oh i can get rewards to use like you know i thought i was gonna be more incentivized to try and get more platinum trophies so i could get for what lucas is talking about when you complete a mission reach a certain level threshold you get a heavenly delight ticket Mm -hmm. which is like the way to just like incentivize you the within the the game lore it's incentivize you to keep doing well basically um and i thought that by doing that i was gonna like oh i'll get like some goodies or something when I play or like yeah. some an extra power up for my runs, which could have been kind of an interesting thing, but yeah. they're all just like jokes. Basically they, they, the way the game works too is you're soft locked from the next mission because you have to get a certain rank, uh, like 
inside the game. Like, and the way you get ranks is by getting gold medals or platinum medals on your level. So you're sort of forced to go back and play through some levels and get better. And then you have to go to this like department where you get the ticket to start the next mission. Did you um, finally ever had to go back to replay some? No, no, I never Same. did. Yeah. yeah. Which is um, rare for I was, me. I was just when so I- into like, I knew that I would have to go back anyway. So I just like got good enough amount. I'll never forget playing fucking SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. I kept having to go back and get more spatulas or whatever, and I was so pissed because that game was so the bad. Game was so bad. That I just game wanted was to finish terrible. it. Jeez, um, why did we play that? Why did we review that game? I'll uh, never forget. We posted a TikTok of that, and some guy commented on. It, he's like, "You're adults. Why are you talking about this?" No, dude. Okay. And at I first, a- I was like, "Fuck that guy," but you know what? You might have been kind of right. Yeah, I had a crisis <laughs> about that that TikTok because, like, I think we were trying to break down like the movement. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, man, like, I feel like they should add another like a roll or something, or maybe some sort of animation cancel, like something in the game to make like the feeling of moving around the world like work a little bit better. And yeah. then the comments just like, bro, it's SpongeBob. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like, damn. Prime yeah, example what I, of what am I not doing? the right audience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we we're trying to like. We were reviewing it. It was a game. We're trying to squeeze like juice out of like nothing fruit. Yeah, of like a a raisin, a dried, a dried yeah. orange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't right. Um. Anywho, uh. So I I thought that the dialogue was like pretty rough at times. Like there was some times where it was just trying to be funny or like have a punchline and have a joke, and it just didn't land. Um. Wasn't funny. All that kind of stuff. And then near the end of the game, I actually did appreciate the fact that they kind of went there. Like when when it's just like when you're learning about what's happening and it's just like, oh, heaven, God is going, God got locked up and heaven is going to be destroyed and green is going to destroy the whole universe using the book of death. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm into that. The stakes (laughs) ramp up extremely quick. Yeah, it like within an hour, all of a sudden, like an hour of gameplay time, it's like you went from speedrunning and killing demons in a competition in the game world to like, oh my God, God is dead. We need to find God and resurrect him essentially. Yeah, so I did appreciate just like in the tradition of just like RPG stuff or just like intentionally obtuse like stakes and stuff. I did appreciate that a little bit. Yeah. And um, depending on how you perform, depending on how you perform during the game, or like how many basically kind of collect extra collectibles you procure, you do have the option to potentially get a, you know a, a different ending within the game. Kind of like a good ending, I suppose. There's um, a good ending and a bad yeah. ending. Yeah. Did you? Which ending did you get, Lucas? The bad ending. Yeah, Santa's yeah. the only option I had. <laughs> um, basically, at the end, you're given the option to either um, condemn Neon Green to a life uh, turn him into a demon essentially which is like an awful end for him or to be um i guess the impression if your name is written into the book of life you're that's heaven for you, you get you, saved you, yeah you, you get saved yeah. yeah and i think he doesn't write neon green or he doesn't write neon white into the book of death but he just like puts him in purgatory basically yeah that's how i understood it um and then Mikey even says, oh, there's always next year, which confused me because I was like, oh, wait, so do they still actually need the neons to like come back and slay demons for them? I, was very I think that was that. just breaking the fourth wall to say like start Co- another Try save. again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, God's a tough customer. Yeah, um, for sure. Should we jump into game design? Yes. Uh, I'll start. I'll start. Yeah. Um, so I talked about it earlier and um, just... Seriously, the way this game ups the level, ups the level to like the end game is so, so amazing. Uh, and one thing I really appreciate appreciate with games is where a mechanic is introduced and then the mechanic is like elaborated on, then the mechanic is taken to the next level, then you're tested on it, and then it becomes part of the language of the game, right? Mm-hmm. So for instance... This, the first thing that you learn is just a... You, oh, yeah. So we should probably talk about how you play the game a little bit. So yeah, yeah. basically, you're running through these levels trying to get from point A to point B, kill all the demons in the level, and get to the end goal, right? Um, the way you do so is you pick up these little cards that represent guns. Each one of them has a different firing style um, that's like a shotgun or machine a gun, RPG, a machine gun, an RPG, a rifle. And then you get a one-time ability 
where you throw away that card, you throw away that gun, and then you get to use just an ability that represents, or that just comes from that gun. So when you throw away the pistol, you just get a double jump. You just get a midair jump. Uh, when you throw away the uh, rifle, you get like a dash straight through the air. When you throw away the shotgun, you get like kind of a boost, kind of like an attack that goes in any direction that you're facing. Um, so at first in the game, you're kind of just like, Walking along, you find the pistol, you double jump, and you complete the level. And then it's like, okay, what if there were two guns in a row? Okay, so you got to get the first one, throw it away, grab the next one, throw that away, and jump up the platform twice. Um, and then it starts getting crazy where it's like, okay, now you got to shoot a guy in midair before you throw the gun away. And then it's like once more stuff starts getting introduced, you start speaking the language of the game to itself in this way that is so satisfying, where to the end point, you are just so locked in with like every single ability and what it does that like, I don't know if I called it flashing to myself, Matt, like flashing a level when you're just like, you just do it first try and you're just oh, like, I, yeah, I yeah. figured everything out on that. Like I immediately knew there are a few go. where I got plot and I'm the first try and I was like, Oh my God, this is, I'm going like, to, I'm sick. Cup. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I'm sick. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. And especially when like, okay, so I'll give a, I'll give a very specific example. There is an enemy that they introduced midway through the game. That's a tripwire. Um, if you walk into the tripwire, it's just a laser shooting. And if you walk into the tripwire, you just immediately die. Right. And the way, what, you know, sounds easy enough, but what they start doing is they start putting enemies behind tripwires. So when you destroy the enemy, the tripwire immediately shoots you if you're standing in front of the enemy. And then at the very end, I don't know if you remember this level map, but there's a level where you start a tripwire trigger and you have to beat it to the very end because there's yeah. a platform that the yeah, tripwire yeah. is destroyed. That, like, my jaw was on the floor when I beat that level because I was like, what is this? So and then sick, you just yeah. see it going, and then you're like, oh, my God. They took the mechanic that they introduced at the beginning of this mission, brought it all the way to the, that level that you didn't know it would go to, and you're just like – and then you beat it. You, like, you you use it to your advantage or you, like, figure it out. It's like they make their own rules, and then they figure out how to make the rules as cool as possible, and oh, shoot, just blown away. Yeah. Blown away. One of the things that I love most about this game too is the fact how like you there there's a resource management aspect to it too. Where, yes, you know you might think you have like an extra pistol jump that you can use and an, an extra double jump essentially or an extra um, grappling hook from the RPG or whatever it may be, and then you use it just to make a certain situation go a little easier or a little smoother. But then you ultimately realize like oh later in the level oh I needed that for this point you know little things like that. Um, and even within that though, there's always, not always, but like a lot of times there's multiple ways to maybe go about something, you know, like, oh, if you saved this instead of that, maybe if you saved the explosion from the machine gun versus your pistol jump, you know, you can get up that way. Little things like that are, um, so interesting. Um, and what I really loved about the game too, is actually the last few levels, once you get the book of life, because, well, for one, it's stupid fun just to like zip around and eviscerate every demon. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. two, I actually really liked how it kind of became, in, in certain parts of it, it became a matter of like, oh, I need to actually figure out how to like navigate these levels at certain points rather than like just blindly like kill every demon basically. Yeah. Because there were times too where I'd get to an end of a level and I'm just like, how the fuck did I miss one demon? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Totally. Totally. Because um, for context to finish most levels you have to eliminate every demon in the level and if you miss one um that's just you're fucked you have to restart basically because you typically can't get back and then get back to the end point mm -hmm. um one thing yeah. on sorry go ahead you were cooking i think i think that's all i have yeah one one thing that i thought was cool this speaks to them as level designers is like basically at the in the final mission of the game you get just a completely broken ability yeah. the ability is just you immediately dash to an enemy and kill them in one hit and you could use it infinitely. And they still managed to make those levels challenging. Yeah. Like they still managed to like make it difficult, make you want to go fast. Like, and the way they do that is like, it's so elegant. It's so simple. They just put an enemy behind a wall and now yeah. you got to walk around the wall or you got to find a shortcut over it, or they just don't put an enemy there at all. And you have to like grappling hook and use a different ability to get around a quarter or something like that. Oh, it's really cool too. Is at some points during those levels, I don't even know why they did this, but <laughs> or I guess what like the lore reason for doing this would be, but there were some levels too where, you know, for most of the time you have the book of life or you start with it right away, basically. 
but then there were some levels where you have to actually like get to it before you get the book of life and then you're like right. loki kind of stressed because like oh my god i'm gonna die like i yeah. need something <laughs> Um, are you talking about like the lasers that are like aiming at you as you're getting to a book yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that was sick i, I enjoyed that. that and then um yeah so so well done um i, I do want to mention though i how did you well, how, let me ask you how did you feel about the boss battles i i loved them i thought they were sick i really liked the first one i didn't care for the second two Okay, um, I didn't like the third one as much. Third one, I didn't, yeah. I, I don't know. The first one was fun for me, I thought. I was like, oh, that's a really unique way to do the boss battle. But then by the time I got to the second and the third, I was like, I just want to do more speedrunning. Yeah. Um, that they it wasn't are speed that speedruns, though. They still are, you know. Not in the as much as, like, the other ones. Because yeah. they're still, like, stages, you know, that you right, have to just right. go through. Well, um, the, should we talk about how the game handles boss battles? Yeah, <laughs> so basically the way the game handles a boss battle is... Um, you're basically following the boss in this case, Neon Green is the boss every time. Basically, following him through a level and navigating while he's attacking you, while trying to eliminate these like crystal points he has radiating from him that are attached to him. And then once you eliminate these points, at that point you're able to actually physically uh, attack him. You'll attack him. He'll move. He'll spawn new points. Um, and the cycle continues until you eliminate his health. Yeah. Um, part of the reasons I didn't like it was it just felt very gratuitous. And there were certain points too, where like when I eliminated, you know, there was no rhyme or reason when I would actually be able to attack him. Certain Sometimes I would eliminate the crystals then he would immediately move. And then he would just get new crystals. And other times it's like, Oh, now you get to attack him. Like there was no, I guess, um, consistency or like rhyme or reason. It felt very mm-hmm. arbitrary, which I didn't like. It felt like, because I feel like this game does very well of operating off of rules where like it lets you know what you, you can do. You, you know, you know your abilities and you have to just use the abilities given to you to get through level. Mm-hmm. Whereas like with these boss battles, it was just like, this is just arbitrary, just pushing me through like a weird narrative boss battle, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I get what you're saying. I think for me, like I, one, I didn't know the game had boss battles. Um, and then when you do fight that first boss battle, I was really impressed with how they managed to merge the idea of a boss battle with their stage. You're basically yeah, getting attacked yeah. the entire time while trying to do a level. Um, and I thought that was just really cool. Like, I, I just thought that the game, like, managed to go there. And I, I had a note here in, in game design on my note sheet where, like, one, I thought it was really cool how the game managed to handle long levels, like the third temple. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that level that didn't actually have a single enemy on it. It was just yeah. a very long obstacle course. I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then the boss battle, or the boss battles. Um, the second boss battle is long as hell. It's like five minutes. So yeah. it's like, you're kind of stressed. I, I was, And I, that's why I hated it too, because like if you met, there's no checkpoints on these levels. So yeah. if you mess up, there are even points too where I didn't die, but maybe I just like messed up on my resource management a little bit. Yeah. And I didn't get stuck. to the next part. I think I got stuck on, yeah. you know, three minutes in. Fuck. Yeah. Um, I think, that was pretty see, frustrating. To, to me, that's like getting the heart really pumped. Like it feels like there's actually stakes on the table. It did, and, that like, it, yeah. So like when you do finally beat that boss, it's pretty fun. Like it's like my heart was beating in the final boss battle. And that final level too, that's like five minutes long. That's like a ton of like, it's just massive. It's yeah. called Marathon. Yeah. Uh, my heart was beating by the end of that level too. Um, yeah. So I thought when the game got to a little bit more of a challenging point, um, it was pretty fun because when you finally did nail it, it was cool. But I do agree with you in terms of like it was they were confusing levels compared to the other levels because you just that was it too. Them. They were just confusing yeah, more than were. anything. Yeah, they were for sure. Because um, uh, there were points I, too where I was like, yeah, I'm going to lose because I am confused on where I need to go right now type of right, thing. Right. There was uh, on the IGN channel or the IGN series Dev, Devs React to Speedruns. Uh, I was watching the devs of Neon White react to the speed run of it. And you can kill Neon Green even before you're supposed to. Like, you can just deal enough damage really? to him fast enough. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, and there's an <sighs> achievement for it, too. So they knew you I have do to. Because uh, I was actually wondering about that, too. I, especially, I think, in either the second or the third boss fight, I noticed in between his little dashes, you had, like, opportunities to shoot him. But I was like, there's yeah. no way I can get enough damage in before. People are able to do it. I'm actually pretty. I'm gonna probably watch that after we finish. Yeah, it's a fun. It's fun. Those guys are hearing devs talk about how their game is supposed to be played, especially something like Neon White. They're like, "Oh, is that an intentional shortcut or is that not an intentional shortcut?" It's like, ah, 
that was actually intentional. Like he didn't, we knew that that was there kind of thing. Yeah. And then like, they, they also talk about like tech. They're just like, oh yeah. So the tech is you do this. Like, it sounds like they're talking about a fighting game almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. So the water actually works like this. So you could tech it this way and all this. It's, it's really interesting. You should check it out. One other thing I really want to give props to this game for, um, something I love when I play either, and I've actually gotten this feeling from the finals recently too. Um, when you dive into a game enough, like for example, when I played soccer, there'd be times in a, in a match or in training or whatever, where I would realize I would do something right. And I'd realize like that thought process for me to do that action. Like it's like in an anime when there's like a slow motion cut, like a, you go in the inner person's monologue and they like process all this information for like a, Have minute, a flashback, but it's like only like a 0.5 second interaction. Mm hmm. That would happen to me in soccer sometimes where like that'd be my favorite moment because I'm like, oh, I just I've done this enough to know I can process the information that quickly that this is the right decision to make. Same thing would happen to me in the finals where or was well, yeah. Get my Same game. thing happened to and you I, in Neon White. In Neon White, where you know, like I'd be in a situation where I would realize I need to react super quickly. I'd be like, oh, I need to really quickly press Q, switch to my other thing, and then I can get past this part. Like those little moments in games, um, are are my favorite and yeah. it's this really invoked that feeling and the reason i was or tangent reason i was bringing up the finals too is because i've had that a few times in the finals like the other day i realized my gun was about to like run out of ammunition before i could kill a guy mm -hmm. but then i also noticed there was like an explosive barrel next to me so i just shut the barrel real quick instead like as i was about to run out, i was like oh i'm a god yeah that's yeah. sick <laughs> um but yeah th that this game invoked that feeling in me which is like one of my favorite just like Flo like yeah experience it's, it's like, like the flow yeah yeah it's You're, getting into, into the a flow state, state which is yeah. really cool yeah um anything else on game design that's all i got yeah there is one thing i do want to bring up which is um the kind of meta game on top of it which is uh well like i, I think i mentioned it earlier which is you there's shortcuts that are revealed to you on each level and the there's gifts on most levels mm -hmm. i think if not all the levels um, and the gifts are basically like a hidden object inside of the game level that you can go grab, which unlocks dialogue options with other characters in the game hub and allows for basically a getting the good ending for the game. Um, I don't know if you did a bunch of those gifts. I did a few. Did a few before. in the beginning and then I kind of stopped worrying about it. Yeah, 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 I agree. But I think what's there is something that's probably how said. you get the good ending is collecting enough. Yeah, it yeah, it is. It's it kind of each each gifts uh, the gifts like help you get white's memories back from the real world so mm. um did you just see that pop up on my screen i did what the hell there, there's uh, a <laughs> i okay sorry you know this, this is a podcast so people can't see it but I, I ios has like a new thing where when you're on your webcam if you do a certain like thing it'll like pop up like yeah yeah so oh, if i wow. give you if i give you a thumbs up my webcam sees it ios does like a thumbs up thing it's it's ridiculous there's a balloon I was very one. confused there's a balloon one but i don't know how to do the balloon one i've done it on I was before seeing things for a sec there yeah you know? um there is something to be said that there's so much juice on these levels that not only are you able to find the shortcut find the best way to do it even beyond the shortcut um, find the most optimal way to do it with your own ability. But then there's also like hidden objects in every game level or most game levels. And I think that's really mm -hmm. cool. So yeah. like even we play through the whole game and there's so much content left to find in this game. Uh, and I think that's just really great because they managed to stack on all these additional systems on top of these levels. It kind of just speaks to the care that they put into it and how much extra stuff there is to do. It's not just level by level. There's like a metagame on top of it. And I think that's mm -hmm. really awesome. Yeah. And also... The leaderboard with your friends after a level is done. It's the best. That's yeah. the best. That's really sick. I uh, saw then, uh, my cousin. I saw Johnny. you just phoned it. I yeah. saw you just phone it in on like mission nine. You just it was all bronze. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, there, that was lazy. Oh, the final level. Uh, there was like a string of missions where you like you got bronze like in a row every time, and I was like, because oh, I, I think Matt yeah. didn't replay these. He just yeah. he just was tired one day. Yeah, especially the last like I think. The last like slew, I think it was actually nine. I was like, huh, I'm kind of tired. I need to beat this game. Yeah. Uh, not that I wasn't enjoying it. It was just like, yeah, yeah. I, I rocket really jump stuff. Was it the yeah. rocket jump levels? No, actually, I loved those. Rock I might have just done those slow, but I loved those levels. Um, yeah, those were sick. But yeah, there was a couple where I was just like, uh, damn it. Lucas is going to see this. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw all the bronzes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to see you. 
I wonder who of us had more. I'm sure maybe we were tied. Yeah. What was your rank at the end? Do you remember? Oh fuck. Um, mine was like 32. I, I wanted, yeah, somewhere in the 30s. I don't remember where. Maybe okay. even 40s. I'm not sure. But okay, we were probably yeah. around the same. Uh, should we jump into art style? Yeah, I didn't really have too much to say about art style here. Actually, you know, I think it's the engines running on. Um, I forget the engine off the top of my head, but like it's not that. Oh, it's Unity. It's Unity. I want to say. Yeah. Um, it is. I mean, it looked very good, and I actually, it's simple. Like, it's not a hard game to run by any means. Yeah, it's um, got like a minimalist sort of thing. It's a minimalist for style it. for sure. Um, I loved the level design. I actually really did like particular the level design, how everything looked when we got to um, as far as the aesthetics of the levels when we got to um, the city. Well, the city, and I really enjoyed the when you started using the rockets. How that looked, like yeah, the yeah, the modern skyscraper looking one. Um, yeah. That was super fun, just like parkouring through that. Basically, I had a really good time with that, uh, and I liked. I mean, obviously, yeah, I like the. I enjoy anime. I liked the anime styles of everyone, um, and that paired with Steve Blum's voice acting, like mm-hmm. notorious, not notoriously very well known for um, Cowboy Bebop, among other um, stuff, and Cunningham and um, IGX Pre, I think is what it's called, uh, IGPX. It's like a racing. Gundam oh, okay. style, yeah. Okay, uh, I was on Toonami way back in the day. Time, different story, different episode. Like <laughs> that, I um, I really liked um, one one like huge compliments to the art style in terms of what they're able to communicate visually uh, so quickly. Like I mm-hmm. think that the enemies, like in their colors and their shape, like everyone's very unique looking. So, like even if you're playing a level for the very first time, you can sort of see with your eyes like where the level's guiding you. Like there's enough space built out. There's like the enemies are certain colors and shapes that really work for the game for the level. Um, and yeah, I do appreciate that. Like the the intensity or lack thereof as like the aesthetic, the aesthetics of each like mission. Where in the beginning it's all clean, white, kind of pristine, and then then near the end, like some of those levels, you're like, yeah, you're in like a modern looking heavenly skyscraper type city. There's like levels that kind of look more hellish and dark and red. Um, there's levels that, you know, are kind of a combination of a lot of these things. I think it was just really cool. Um, and there, somebody described it as having actually heavy inspiration from, uh, killer seven, which I thought was really interesting. I did get that Um, vibe actually. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, who was it? It was Elsh. Uh, oh man, I had it pulled up. It was Blake Hester at game informer. Um, said it had a very Japanese action game aesthetic akin to uh, Killer7. I thought that was really cool. Um, And even like the HUD of the game is so sick. Like it's just so unnecessary. It's just you see Neon White's face in the HUD on the bottom left and there's just a bunch of text. And it's like, it's kind of, it's Killer7-esque in that like it's just like text that's meaningless to actually convey information. It's just text to look cool in like a corner. Yeah. Um, and even Matt, if you look at the, you can, you can check it out. The album covers for the soundtracks kind of have like, uh, the aesthetic that I'm referring to. Uh, we're going to have to ask Chambers, the milkman, what aesthetic this is kind of formally referred to as, but, um, yeah, the soundtrack by machine girl, uh, you could check that out. It's pretty, pretty cool cover art on each. Very much so. Yeah. Cool type, I guess I should say. Um, yeah. And then speaking of which, should we jump into sound design? Yeah, yeah, I love like just the fonts they used. Were really yeah. cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, sound design. Um, this baller made me want to jump off Dude. a building. Oh my god! Um, One of the best soundtracks we've had in a while on this podcast. Yeah. Um, so high energy, so fast paced. Uh, it, it just contributed to like the adrenaline of the game. Um, and yeah, the the machine machine girl. That was her name. Machine girls. The group. I think the it's group, two yeah. dudes actually. Yeah. Um, absolutely crushed it uh i was listening to the kind of something i always do with games for the podcast is while i'm writing my notes i'll listen to the soundtrack um yeah it was so i was kind of hard to focus because it was so hype yeah uh, <laughs> i um, agree dude i loved it um even just like the this what's the word the ambiance they use the sound they use for when you're just like in the not the main menu, but like in heaven before a mission, I guess I really liked too. Um, 
and the VAs killed it. Steve Blum, I thought, was really well well done. I think Violet played exactly what she was told to play, probably directed to play, did it very well. I loved uh, Neon Yellow, his voice actor, really captured mm-hmm. like the kind of fun-loving idiot, basically. And then Neon Red killed it as well, as well as, you know, the angels. And the believers were really well done, I thought, actually. You know, they had a very, they did very well, like, capturing kind of like the pretentiousness like the pompous attitude of them through their voice acting which i thought was well done yeah um and yeah i loved it all um the guns sounded fine not really a lot to do there but yeah <laughs> yeah all well done yeah i thought all the voice acting performances were great the soundtrack is honestly just one of the best video game soundtracks i've heard in quite a while uh in a podcast game that we've done um probably going on the video game playlist like on youtube for sure some of those tracks are are hidden yeah. Um, the main theme is really, really great. I think it's called vir- or one of the main themes is like virtual ocean. I think um, is really great. The I have a quote from Esposito, the designer. He said he wanted the music to fit the vibe of quote a lost PS2 or Dreamcast game, um, which was sort of the direction they gave. Which I think it totally, totally works. It's a little bit throwback. I mean, this game could have released on the PS2. Yeah, honestly, if it was like a little bit more low poly, uh, this yeah. would have been like totally the kind of game. Uh, it's like very minimal. Um, you know, the music fits the era for sure and the aesthetic, you know. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, great EDM, like f- stuff that's like pretty melodic and like just nice and angelic near the beginning. And then it's just straight up like bangers near the end. Like some of those like just break core shit. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was great, man. Um, seriously, uh, nothing but great praise for the sound design. Absolutely. Yes, 100% As always. Um, NPC award. <laughs> I'll go. Uh, I got yellow. Uh, okay, I got red. Red. Okay, I thought yeah, I liked yellow. Just a fun-loving guy, and you know, I I appreciated that. You know, kind of he's he's only really involved pretty early in the game because unfortunately he gets killed off relatively early. Um, but I I really liked that he turned out to be a good guy, even though white was so like sus of him. So I give mine the yellow. Yeah, nice. I'm doing red because she's kind of the uh, other good guy of the story. Um, and there's yeah, that level where you chase her down. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was a really interesting. Again, like the thing where they introduce all these concepts and then play with them. Uh, the level where you chase down red is kind of an example of that. Yeah. Not the funnest level, but really interesting that they even kind of went there. Uh, really cool that they went there. Uh, companion piece pick. I'll go first on this one. Go for it. Uh, I'm going with the album Drugs by Aphex Twin from 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, EDM album, uh, something I really loved and listened to back in high school. Um, some serious bangers. Aphex Twin. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's got, it's a very diverse album. There's just like super insane, fast EDM on there. And then there's also quite a bit of melodic tracks that are just very slow and very piano-y on that album. So it kind of reminded me of this soundtrack. I'm going to add one of these to my like list so I don't forget. Yeah. I'll send you some stuff. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. What was your, what was your companion piece pick? I got, um, Psychopaths, um, the oh. anime Psychopaths. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the music kind of rem- reminded me of it. Um, I don't think, and there's kind of not really thematic similarities, but you know, they're also actually no. I'm not even gonna. There's not really thematic similarities, but <laughs> the music just really reminded me of it. Like the the main theme in particular. Um, yeah, and uh, it's kind of all about you know judging people, which I think. I mean, obviously in Psychopaths, it's all about judging people preemptively. And I think there's some of that a little bit too, as well in uh, uh, Neon, Neon White, White, but mm-hmm. mainly did it for the music. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. Uh, uh, what was the other one that we have? Oh, favorite moment. Uh, Marathon. That level mm-hmm. is just outstanding. Just like they threw every idea at the wall, made it work. Uh, it's basically the very last level that you play before the final boss. And... Uh, just wow uh i was just jaw on the floor during that one especially when you finally beat it it's a very hard level mine was just uh when i got the book of life i loved it i loved how the game kind of changed once you had it too um i just felt powerful it was so fun and i was like man this game is sick yeah (laughs) yeah um nitpicks uh yeah just i said it already the dialogue is uh kind of rough at times you can skip all of it pretty much so it doesn't detract too much. And um, ultimately, they're taking a big swing. They miss here and there. 
uh, with with some of the quips and some of the jokes. But um, yeah. yeah, that's that's my nitpick. My only real nitpick is uh, I didn't really care for the boss battles that much. But again, that's not like a I didn't hate them. I just wanted to get back to the speed running, basically the, the normal mm-hmm. version of the speed running. Right. Yeah. Um, did you have any names for the game? I did any actually. Names? Yeah, I got I got a couple I like. Heaven's Trial. Okay. Angel's Race. Ooh, okay. Green's Epilogue. I just made that one up. Okay, right okay, okay. <laughs> epilogue. Okay, okay. I got a Speed Demon, and uh, we got Holy Hell with an exclamation point. Mm. Oh, I like that. Stylized. Yeah, yeah it'll the, look all italics. with the font. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get it. You get it. Um, Okay, you know, I'm glad they went with Neon White. It's probably the, best, <laughs> probably the better name. I do, the, Neon White doesn't say anything, though, about the game. I think if you heard it, it kind of sounds like a JRPG to me. Um, that's the only thing. Yeah. Uh, all right, would you play other games from this developer? This, to date, this is actually their only game, um, Angel Matrix. So, Well, I was a little confused by that because I was looking at their website, and it was kind of Well, okay, they're... Uh, they are a like independent they're kind of a conglomerate they're almost like a collective like i yeah. think a lot of people were working on a lot of different stuff they came together to make neon white they had relationships with annapurna and then they they got it published through them yeah. um they're not like a consistent team working on something right now i think they came together for a while to create neon white and yeah. if they come together to create something else that would be really really sick but um we're not sure yet what that might be yeah, yeah. I would definitely play other games from them, though. Oh, 100%. This, from this yeah. team, yeah. Well, they're some of the goats now, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, I wonder how many of this game sold. Oh, I'd be curious that. about that. I didn't even think about that. It's funny. It it's Everyone I know that's played this game absolutely loves this game. Like, everyone I know that's, like, put their hands on it. Uh, like, the I think the broader gaming community, like, has a lot of respect for this game. Um. I mean, this team is coming together for something else in the future. And I, honestly, I wouldn't even really hate a Neon White 2 straight up. Like, for sure. If they just like straight up made a sequel, it would it would be even better. I have no doubt it would just be straight up better. And he, I, I, I got to say, I think it's a damn shame this a game like this doesn't get nominated for like Game of the Year, say at the Game Awards. Um, oh, it would never be. But I think it deserves to be, honestly. Um, yeah. I think we put too much weight on AAA titles and that kind of stuff. And something I noticed too, like I, I'll just say this really quickly. I don't know like Spider-Man's exact numbers, but like I think in its first like month or so or something like that, Spider-Man three, it sold something like five million copies, and then Lethal Company had sold like sixteen million or something. Yeah, granted at a lower price point, but it's just like I don't know, like there's value and I, I want there to continue to be triple a games. I'm not saying like there yeah. shouldn't be triple a games, but like, I think as far as like the amount of like kind of praise and like, I think, you know, we should talk about the developers of, you know, the game director of neon white. Um, he said his name was Esposito. Ben Esposito. Yeah. We should talk about Ben Esposito the same way we talk about Sam Lake or Hideo. Kojima. Yeah. Or yeah, dude, he, he should 1, be right there in those conversations. Toby yeah. Fox should be in those conversations. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Lucas Pope. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Instead, yeah. yeah. Instead, we're talking about like Joseph Frost all the time and yeah, you know, Kojima. And, and like, yeah. Not, not and, Kojima, Frost. I don't like Frost. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like, it sucks because those people just become like celebritized, you yeah. know? Whereas like, I feel like someone like, you know, Angel Matrix, Ben Esposito, like Lucas Pope, these guys are like really advancing the medium, like really yeah. perfecting things, like true gamer games. Like these guys are you know, just, just incredible game designers, incredible yeah. visionaries. And, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I lo- I'm looking it up here too. The, uh, it was the 2022 game awards where it went down. Right. It lost neon white lost to stray. Yeah. And then it, stray it lost was so in bad. Best. No, best so, stray wasn't bad. It, it was no good. neon white was like light years ahead of stray. It actually, yeah. um, this was, it lost, in best indie game and best debut indie game. They're two different categories. It lost both of those categories to Stray, um, which is just wild. It's funny. Annapurna actually published both of those games, which is very interesting. But Stray's like fine. You know, Stray's cool. Like sit down on the couch, play it for a few hours a night. That's great. Neon White is like, like, mm, Neon White is absolutely a banger. 
like yeah. way, way, way ahead of Stray. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, Jeff Keighley and his goons need to wake the fuck up. <laughs> I agree. Schmucks. I agree. Um, See, you know what the game here? I'm gonna give. Uh, I'm gonna throw this out there too. I'm gonna give an idea to the Game Awards right now. Okay, they can take it and send a check straight to our email address. What they gotta do is they gotta do stuff outside the Game Awards the week of where they do like fireside chats where they have intelligent conversations about game design, game vision. Like, hey developers, let's put all of the art directors for the nominated best game of the year and to ask them to talk to each other about art direction on their video games. What do you love about that game? What do you hate about that game? You know, why don't they just get all the indie devs together to talk about the process of going through indie dev cycles, right? And then the people of Stray can compliment the people of Neon White. You know what yep. I'm saying? And you know what? They're not going to do that, but that's the right thing to do. Yeah. I need <laughs> I need someone to tell me why Marvel's Spider-Man 2 was included on Game Direction. <laughs> are you talking about for uh, 2023 awards um, oh okay okay i thought we we're talking about 2022 still you cannot yeah, convince know. me that should be a nominated for outstanding creative vision and innovation like this should be a title like a section honestly mostly filled with indie games based off like how they describe it like innovation and game direction and design none of these games that were nominated this most recent year for example even Baldur's gate which is an incredible game it's not you can maybe I think there's an argument for Tears of the Kingdom with how you do like the building stuff in it, but most of these games, like even Alan Wake Two, which won it, like I don't think they're doing anything particularly innovative. I guess maybe Alan Wake has yeah. the mixed media going for it, but like I don't know. It's um the games are still I don't know. I, I you know what pisses me off too is like this is like all the mainstream media like IGN those outlets that are like those are the panelists deciding this you know yeah. that aren't giving like games like Neon White enough credit. Um, I don't know. I know I kind of kind of went off tangent here, but it's no, no. I mean, we're we're upset now that I played Neon White. Wow, I cannot yeah. believe that it it just like it's like one of the best games I played the past two years easily. Yeah, same, yeah. dude. Yeah, and it like lost to Stray. Crazy. Yeah, I think we gave Stray probably like a seven or a six. Like it, it was yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, fired up, Matt. We're fired yeah. up again. Uh, shall we give our rating? Yes, uh, okay. we've reached the point on the count of three, Luke, and I'll give our rating. This is the ultimate rating, and we'll go from there on three. One, two, three, ten. ten. Yeah. Hey! Oh, yeah. man, it's been a while. It has been a while, Matthew. Dang. The Mickey the Grand Coats Award, also known as the Hot Mickey Award. Um, For perfect 10 out of 10 for both design. myself and Lucas. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, there were some points like i said i didn't care for as much but that was really only the boss battles and i kind of alluded to it earlier but like the stuff that you know it's nothing was enough to detract from how incredible this game is you know yeah um i think this game really does no wrong honestly um maybe the the story is a bit cheesy at some points or not cheesy but maybe the the voice dialogues the dialogues dialogues points but like this is just a really fucking good game and everyone should play neon white. And um, I bet you Jeff Keighley has even played neon white. I think, uh, I think this is the fourth 10 we've given out. So we got undertale, right? undertale. We got, uh, wait, where, where to go? I just had it on my sheet. Uh, undertale. Last of us. Part one remake. Mm-hmm. We gave a 10, uh, I thought that before your eyes we gave a ten. Oh yeah, before your eyes was a perfect game as well. Bro, I cried so much playing. That I know, me too, game. dude. Yeah. I was a mess. I was a mess. That yeah. game was out of control. Um, so yeah, this is our fourth ten, Matt. Damn, perfect only game. Four after one a year, we're averaging about. Honestly, that's we have a high standard here at Thanks for Playing. And honestly, yeah. we both have to absolutely adore the game. Um, and it's pretty rare for you and I to both agree. Honestly, wait, didn't didn't fully. Disco Elysium we give a ten? I don't have it on the sheet noted, but I feel like we did. I think I might have given it a nine. Let me Oof. see if I can find my notes real quick. Um, a lot of games have come close, for sure. A lot of games have gotten double nines, but yeah. wow. Wow. Oh, man, we didn't give Elden Ring. You gave Elden Ring a nine, bro. Did I? I just mm-hmm. missed it. And yeah. then I gave To the Moon a nine. So that really Did I give that, that a 10? <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. There's a lot of games that just barely missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see game notes. Uh-huh. Disco. 
Oh, Street Fighter Six got a wait. Somebody gave it a nine. That must have been Chambers. We had four people reviewing Street Fighter Six, so we don't know who the uh, other person was. But anyway, I gave Disco a nine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Still a great score. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> wow, I'm I'm hyped on that. That's great. I'm I'm yeah. really happy. So, um, man, let's wrap it up here, man. Yeah, you know what's fun too is like I was already pretty sure I was gonna give this game this or give it a ten, but like a lot of times when we're recording too, like I might be at like a six that might go down to a five or might go yeah, up to yeah, seven happened, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But um, this was always pretty solidly at ten for me. Yeah. Um. Same. All right, everyone. That's all we got today. As always, uh, we can find the podcast at TFT Podcast. That's TFT Podcast with an S at the end. Or you can choose email at explainpod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of Elon's new link and let us know if you play Neon White. Better yet, join the Discord. Find that link tree in any of our social media handles or go to our website, thanksforplaying.live. You can find all the links there. Um, follow me on TikTok at Good Idea Matt and Instagram at Good Idea Matthew. I am posting funny content. Yes. I'm getting is. followers and likes, so it must be, you know, that's the deciding factor. The internet thinks I'm funny, so now I'm funny. <laughs> Follow me there. Um, follow the podcast. Go to we YouTube. Have, uh, subscribe to, go the to YouTube. YouTube. Subscribe like, to YouTube. Comment. Yeah. Like, comment, subscribe. Comment on our articles on our website. It's the RTFP, baby. This right. has been. Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Skip it up.